So Epiphany is kind of like the climax of the, of the Easter season. And uh, most of the time, we don't know too much about Epiphany. You know, it's more like, we three kings of Orion are smoking on a rubber cigar. One exploded. We two kings of Orion are. You know, we don't really, it's, it doesn't really mean a lot to us. And uh, if we just focus on the three kings and not what the underlying message is, we, we really miss a lot of the meat of this. So if you, if you do scripture study, and most scholars will say now that historically there have been times that there were up to seven kings, sometimes there were two, they kind of settled on three. And when you got three, we have to have three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, because we're kind of into threes as Christians, and so that works as well. Um, but whether or not these apocryphal people really existed is not the point of this feast, nor is it the point of this gospel today. It's what the underlying thing happens, and it has to come to understand what the word epiphany means. It means a manifestation or a showing. And it's not just a manifestation or a showing of a cute little baby. But it's not just to Mary and Joseph either. It is, as we heard uh, sung in the responsorial today, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. So it's the fact that the light of the world has come into the world. Now, as I mentioned last week, uh, it's two times during the year do we kind of get this image. Holy Saturday and Epiphany. And those are the times that we focus on Christ as the light. And so on Holy Saturday, we come into the church and it's all dark and one by one we light candles and it shows us what this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. What a difference it can make in the world when we let our own light shine. It's, it's that collective idea about what the coming of the light into the world means. And at Epiphany, we really think about that in terms of its when it first started out, this idea about what the light is supposed to do in the world. In the first reading that we have today from the 60th chapter of Isaiah, we hear this, your light shall come, the Lord shines on you, the Lord shines and over you appears his glory. You walk by his light, by your shining radiance you will be, radiant shall you be and your heart shall overflow and throb. So this light that comes into the world is not something that we just kind of stare at and say, oh, isn't that cool? But this light means that not only are we supposed to live in the light, but we're also supposed to reflect the light. Just as when we come into church on Holy Saturday and the Easter candle is the one that comes in and then little by little people all light their candles, we're also called to, to reflect that light. One of the things that um, uh, is kind of interesting is that in Jesus' time there was an ancient really belief or understanding that whenever there was an important person born into the world, there was some kind of an astrological event. So this idea about a star that accompanied a birth is not new news to them. We look at it as a unique thing. It really wasn't. And so they kind of associated the birth of an important person, a ruler or something, with some kind of a you know, meteor shower or, or some kind of a, an event. So this idea about the star, uh, but not to make that unimportant. Because if the kings had not been looking up, they would have missed it. And so one of the takeaways that we have from Epiphany, first of all, is that if we kind of go through life with our nose kind of in a rut, uh, besides having a brown nose, uh, it's really kind of something that we're never going to see what God wants us to see. We need to look up. What does that mean for us as Christians? We look up by reading the scriptures. 
We look up by our personal prayer. We look up by receiving the sacraments. We look up by trying to care for people around us. That's how we do that. That's how we see the light. See the light. And it's significant for us because as we heard in this reading from Ephesians, we take this for granted, but there are other, this was not known to other generations as now this has been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets that we are now co-heirs and members of the same body. So there were people who waited for hundreds of years for this Messiah to come. And now we kind of take it for granted, but people were longing for this for a long time. So now we know. So now it comes into what do we do with what we know? And that's why this, this gospel becomes so significant. So the kings say, we saw his star, the time of the star's appearance, and behold, the star they'd seen rising preceded them. So this is idea about looking to the light, huh? One of the things that I get overwhelmed with sometimes is <clears throat> there's so much darkness in the world. And I've been privileged to walk with some of you in really dark times in your lives. And I, I'm always amazed at how resilient people are and what their faith is like. Our own personal darkness can be suffocating sometimes. And this is just the people that I know. So then you add to that the darkness of the world. We got darkness in the church, we got darkness in our nation, we got darkness in our world. And so it can be really overpowering. And if that's all we look for, then we are going to be doomed. Now, I don't know if your mom ever said to you, but mine did, are you looking for trouble? And she didn't want an answer when she asked me that question. But it goes without saying that what we look for, we get. And so if we focus on the negative, we focus on the dark, we always listen to things that just kind of drag us down and drag us down and drag us down into the toilet, then of course we're going to be depressed and lonely and negative and the world's not going to look very good. But as people of faith, we're called to have a different kind of vision. We're supposed to be enlightened. huh? And that means that no matter what it is that we're going into, we need to look for the light in the midst of whatever the darkness is that we're doing. So even sometimes when I go to visit with the family in a really difficult situation, I say, okay, um, help me see the light in this. And sometimes we have a hard time seeing it. We say, all right, Lord, I know that you're in there someplace. So let me know what this is. And so Epiphany, particularly as this first Sunday of the new year, is a great launching point for us. Because we don't know what kind of darkness is going to be in our new year. We're not going to be looking for it. But when it happens, we want to bring the light of faith to that. The light of faith to that. And so that's why we need to be looking for that in the midst of whatever the kind of struggling situations that we have. Because to admit anything else is not to believe that God is present and God is in charge. Is that hard to believe sometimes? Yes, it is. But as people of faith, we need to keep looking for the light. That's why coming to church is so important. That's why your personal prayer is so important. That's why reading the scriptures is so important. Because otherwise it gets pretty dang dark. Pretty dang dark. And God doesn't want us living in darkness. We're called to be children of the light. We're called to live in that light. And we're called to reflect it to others. And so maybe when you're having a bad day, you need to go in the bathroom and lock the door and sing, this little light am I, and I'm going to let it shine. You can't even find the lighter. But you're going to figure out how you can get it lit.
because that's the only way we do it, little by little, each of us in our own way, in our little corner of darkness in the world. So as we continue to celebrate this great Feast of Epiphany, we realize that it's, it's a recognition that God didn't just come for us. In fact, think about it for a minute. Who did the message of the coming of Christ first come to? Who was it announced to? The shepherds. Do you remember what the shepherds were? I talked about that earlier in Advent. They were the lowest of the low. The lowest of the low. And then these wise guys who show up to visit Mary and Joseph in the manger, they were strangers and aliens. Do you get the message that when God came to earth, he didn't come to this middle class. He came to those who were living on life's margins, those whose lives were in darkness, those who didn't have any hope at all. That's where he came. Why do you think that Jesus' whole message of his teaching in the New Testament is always about the poor and the marginalized? That's why you and I can't afford to ignore them. Because if we ignore them, it will be to the detriment of our salvation. They're important to Jesus. They need to be important to us. So as we go into this new year and look for those places of darkness in our families, in our relationships, in our workplace, in our world, don't run from the darkness. Bring some light into it. If everybody brings just this little light of mine, 2024 will be a year like we could never imagine.